Hello from the ABA Annual Meeting 2017 in New York City. I'm Liz McCausland. And I'm Bob Craighead. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. Joining me today is the newly appointed... Sworn in, installed, that's the proper word, president of the National Association of Bar Executives. Um, And so, sir, can you tell me a little bit about what is the National Association of Bar Executives? First of all, thank you for having me here. The National Association of Bar Executives is comprised of over 600 bar professionals who work in state, metropolitan, and local bar associations, primarily from throughout the United States. NAB exists to enhance the skills and advance the careers of bar professionals. I use the term bar professionals because the organization is not solely comprised of chief uh, executive officers. There are many other bar professional staff who work in communications, who work in IT, who work in administration and finance, who are major components of our organization. So that's why I use that particular term. I did not know that, so I'm glad you clarified that. And you have been involved with NABE for a very long time. My first meeting with NABE was in the summer of 1977 in downtown Chicago. I had the severe pleasure of staying, because of cost factors, at the Chicago Athletic Association, which at that point in time had metal beds which had wheels, and if you moved one way or the other, the bed slid across the floor of the hotel room. Uh, It was interesting, but (laughs) what was more fascinating than the room itself was I met people who had been involved in bar association management that I considered to be icons and stars. Uh, the Marshall Cassidy's of the world, the John Dickinson's of the world, those were people I wanted to emulate as I grew in my chosen vocation and profession of being a bar association executive. And you are currently a bar association of executives. I Can you currently tell us? serve. As executive director of the Illinois State Bar Association, I've had the privilege of serving in that capacity since 1994. I began with the Illinois State Bar Association in September of 1975. I have worked in almost every area of the association, and as a result, that broad background has helped me to perform my responsibilities as executive director. Well, I'll tell you what I was impressed with, because I was at your swearing-in yesterday, and um, or your past the gavel yesterday, and... Clearly, you have built some really special relationships in the Illinois Bar because there are a lot of people there to support you. I was overwhelmed, flattered, and gratified by the number of past presidents who really on their own dime chose to come and help me celebrate at the installation ceremony. Um, I was not prepared, frankly, and I'm usually very well prepared for presentations. I was not prepared for the emotion that crept into my presentation yesterday. I saw that. You got a little emotional. Uh, Part of that is there are many transitions occurring in the world of bar association professionals, and one of them is Roseanne Lucianic, who is the retiring director of the ABA Division of Bar Services, that arm of the American Bar that provides administrative support uh, for the, the work of NABE. Roseanne and I have known each other since she began as a field services representative at the ABA, and I won't tell you the year because of (laughs) of my respect for her, but as I was on the stage yesterday and standing at the podium and I introduced her, I looked down and the thought that ran through my mind was, this is the last time that we will be together in this meeting setting. And it struck me, just like it's striking me now, 
as something that I'm not sure I'm prepared to deal with. Well, I noticed there were a lot of transitions. You announced a lot of people who were leaving long-held positions, it seemed like, at state bar associations. We, we, in terms of bar association professionals, are at somewhat of a critical juncture. There are a number of very talented, skilled executive directors and other professional staff that have been at associations for 15, 20, 25, 30 years, and we are now reaching that point where they are making the choice to move on to new chapters in their lives. And I don't expect that trend to discontinue in the next five to 10 years by any means. And one of the challenges facing NABE is not only to do a good job of trying to prepare other bar professionals to step into those roles, but also for those lawyers, administrators, professionals that come in as chief executive officers to have them view NABE as a home and a place for them to be able to enhance and heighten their skill set in terms of association management. Well, I noticed our bar executive, as you know, I come from the Orange County, um, Florida bar, and uh, our bar executive is Kim Homer, and she really values the information she receives from you guys and the relationships, because whenever we're faced with something, she has a network of people to go to. NABE strives to deliver services, which includes the ability to confer with your colleagues online or in person very much. We will look at new and better ways to this because technology makes a difference. In addition, it's not inexpensive for our members to attend meetings, say, in New York and Chicago and San Francisco. So we're mindful of that. But you will hear many bar professionals say that NABE, not only have they learned a lot, but they've made connections with people who do exactly what they do because I would suggest that working with a bar association is a unique situation, is a unique environment, and to be able to sit down and ask questions, share our thoughts and ideas with those folks who do exactly what you do and understand without a great deal of explanation what the situation you you have before them makes for a very profitable and productive exchange of time. Well, I know you've been involved for a long time, and we've got new people who are, as you said, coming on board. What are the changes that you see in bar associations that are happening, and how is NABE dealing with those changes? The biggest change is in membership. And while there are a number of state bar associations that are unified or mandatory bars, the vast majority of bars represented in NAB are voluntary, which means their members make an economic choice each and every year to either submit their credit card or send in the check to stay a member. When I first started, it was almost a professional obligation to be a member of the Bar Association, or two or three. Today, with the emphasis on pressures from time and business and, and really the changes in the profession itself, All members, whether they are brand new members or whether they are seasoned veterans, are looking for a return on their investment. And so that change has been huge. Within the membership realm, I think many of us are familiar with the unfortunate plight of new members of the profession. New members of the profession, at least in Illinois, are looking at an average of $150,000 to $200,000 in law school debt when they end the profession. If I remember my stats correctly, 65% of new law grads in Illinois do not have a law-related job within their first year of admission to the bar. 
the median salary nationwide is about 35000 for a starting position. So you add that heavy debt, uh, a very tight economy, and relatively low wages for the professional degree requirements for the positions, it makes it very difficult. And the ability for bar associations to reach out, help, and be relevant to new members of the profession is a challenge that we are all facing. Oftentimes, and I will probably get myself in trouble for saying this, the leadership of bar associations is comprised of people that look somewhat like this gray beard you have before you <laughs> and bring a baby boomer perspective to some of the issues in terms of participation, involvement, and governance. And bar associations across the board, and NAB has to be prepared to help with this, need to work on changing their paradigms and the old axioms of you have to earn your way to the top. New members of the profession don't have six or seven or eight years to devote to bar association work before they can be a chair of a committee uh, or serve on the board of governors or run for office. Currently at the Illinois State Bar Association, if you become president, you are devoting at least a minimum of five years to that effort. And oftentimes those who become president because we have automatic succession after you're elected to the third vice president's position, have served two or three years on the board. So you're getting close to 10 years to be a bar leader. And that's simply not within the construct of new members of the profession. And we, bar professionals and bar leaders, should not approach this in terms of us making the new members of the profession malleable and, and, and make them change to fit bar associations. Bar associations have to change because our relevance as well as our existence will be challenged if we don't make those changes. That, in a nutshell, is the biggest issue facing associations. We're also a mirror of what is happening in the profession, mm -hmm. and at least in Illinois, we're seeing significant reductions in law school enrollments. We're seeing significant reductions in the number of lawyers admitted each year. Uh, as an example, Typically in Illinois, in, in, in the golden years, you would see anywhere from 2,500 to 3,000 new members of the profession admitted each year. That number in this last year was down to about 1,500. Wow. So that can have significant impact on the pool of members for associations. And we have to come to grips with that as we move forward and understand that we have to do even more with fewer resources. In addition... We face challenges from for-profit providers. Many years ago, the provision of continuing legal education programming was done almost exclusively from formal bar-related entities, either bar associations right. or institutes for continuing education that were affiliated with the bar associations. Today, there are a myriad of providers. The state of Illinois was one of the last states, I'm not proud of that, with all due respect to our Supreme Court, <laughs> uh, to become an MCLE state, a minimum continuing legal education standard state. In the first year, because the providers of CLE had to be accredited by the MCLE board, there were about 10 or 15. Today, there are over 1,000 accredited right. organizations, many of them for-profit, that compete with bar associations. So at one point in time, many bar associations lived off their CLE revenue. Currently, if you're a member of the Illinois State Bar Association, as part of your dues, you receive 15 hours of free online CLE wow. so that within the two-year period where there's a 30-hour requirement, you can completely fulfill your CLE obligation 
by being a member and taking advantage of the free online CLE. So it's become a member service as compared to an activity that could help fund other activities of the association. Well, I think a lot of what you said kind of touches on one central change that I think we've seen in the law, which is technology. And, you know, used to be, even when I first started practicing, you would join the Bar Association because then you met other lawyers and you had people to ask questions of, you had mentors. You know, we still researched by book, so you couldn't go online and get an answer to a question. If you needed to talk to someone, you'd have to go and meet them and, or call them. And you made those connections through the face-to-face -face interaction and contacts. And now with technology today and social media, it doesn't seem like we have to do that. There is a completely different definition of community. Uh, we find, even, even with new members of the profession, there still is a desire to touch one another professionally, in other words, meet and talk, but not as much. And the other difficult hurdle for bar associations is that many of the new members who rely upon social media for their communication and for their communities have already picked their communities that they use reliably and oftentimes that does not involve the communities that are built by bar associations. Technology is the single biggest challenge across the board to business, the legal profession and associations to remain on the cutting edge uh, or even close to the cutting edge is a investment of time, money, and people resources. But it's something that has to be done. Bar associations are working hard to develop better online communities of practitioners who work in the same fields because we found that one size does not fit all anymore. The bar associations can't continue to say, we will provide these services that, that work for everyone because they don't. Members desire more customization in services. Online communities, effective online communities that work better than what I would suggest to you are the typical listservs that we've sometimes dealt with uh, over the past decade or so, aren't as effective and aren't as rewarding and don't allow as much free flow of communication right. and information. So that's a challenge. Just the provision of CLE. The Illinois State Bar certifies online roughly 60,000 hours of CLE every year. 80%, 80% of all the CLE that we offer, which is getting close to, I believe, about 85, 90,000 hours a year, 80% of that is consumed online, notwithstanding age grouping categories. It crosses the generations. It's one of the things that surprised me <laughs> when MCLE was brought into existence in Illinois was that members were perfectly happy to obtain their CLE while sitting at their desks, yep. which in turn means that the age-old live CLE programming is plummeting. Right. And that also has an impact because your live CLE oftentimes, in our case, drives your online CLE. So we are struggling with how we use technology in the CLE area. Also, our members increasingly want to contact us, communicate with us through the website. And we have to have a tangible, functional, responsive, real-time website operation. Uh, many bars face this, even the small bars, you have to have a viable online presence. Otherwise, if it's clunky and if it doesn't work right, the return on investment is compromised. And it's particularly hard for the small bars because they don't have the money to put into these 
you know, technological advances and to have someone working with their, their website every day. But that's one of the beauties of technology because through technology, the smaller organizations are able to do more. You have to make sound and prudent choices along the way. That's one of the areas where NAB tries to assist uh, there's an administration and finance section that gets into technology issues. Uh, they tend to be the money managers and the HR managers and the IT folks. Uh, we help try to help the, educate them, bring along so that even the smaller bars can do a better job online with their members. But there's no question it does present a bona fide obstacle for the smaller bars. And that's what I think the benefit of being a member of NABE is, is that you can have access to this information. Because what I've learned from the bar executives that I know is that they wear many hats and they're expected to be a guru at technology and HR and you know meeting planning and, and live CLE, et cetera. Um, and so they need to have knowledge in all of these areas. Those very talented bar professionals that work for small organizations are required to do everything. And NABE is a place where they are able to talk to colleagues from big and small, and learn. Also, you'll see a lot of plagiarism take place within bar associations, because if we see something that works in another jurisdiction, you can rest assured that we're going to try it in our own. There usually is a very free flow of information and communication and cooperation, even among bars who are in the same jurisdiction. Harkening back to what are some of the changes, with the pressure on membership, the number of bar association memberships of any individual lawyer in the last 10 years have been reduced. So instead of being a member of three or four or five, our members are members of one or two bar associations, which means, and this is one of the interesting components of, of NABE and the ABA, is that oftentimes we, have, we now find ourselves competing for the same dues dollar. And so one of the critical questions is, when to strategically collaborate, cooperate with other associations and when you have to be mindful of taking care of your own vineyard. And that's not an easy line to walk, but it's, it's a new reality for all of us in the voluntary bar world. I see that happening locally and on a statewide level. Something else I kind of see happening is lawyers transitioning into the role of executive director. Are you seeing that? What we're seeing with the number of transitions uh, of executive directors who have been in place for a good number of years, the pool is expanding in terms of where bar leaders are looking for the next executive director. We're seeing instances where new executive directors are coming from other associations fields, but not the bar association field. We're seeing situations where past board members are being given the opportunity to be executive director of that particular organization. As NAB president, one of my concerns is that NAB needs to do a good job of proselytizing about the value of bar association experience as those critical choices are made about the chief executive officer positions in the coming years. Uh, that doesn't mean we're not going to welcome those who are in that position because we all become colleagues automatically, but there are a number of talented bar professionals who serve as assistant executive directors, who serve as directors of communication and in other areas within that are very talented and have the skill sets that we would suggest be considered for those positions. I can see where there's special skills that they would bring 
that you can't contemplate when you're a board member of an organization or something of that nature. Um, I do have one more question for you. During your year as president, I think people will often ask you, what is your platform or where do you want to move the ball to? Um, what is your platform this year? Uh, I said yesterday that NABE is not about me. It's about you, meaning the members of NABE and us together. My entire focus is to do what the governing board wants to do, and let me explain that further. We engaged in an extensive strategic planning effort in this last year with the help of Mary Byers, who's a well-recognized association management consultant. Uh, we are now in the throes of implementing that strategic planning effort aimed towards providing better communication, more involvement, and better services for our members. And that's really where I want to go. I don't want to be known as this was Bob's program. I want this to be known as this is NAB's program for the members. So we will, we will be spending and devoting an entire day and a half dealing with the recommendations that are coming out of a, an implementation task force, all designed to make certain that we do a better job for our members in these critical times when the very foundation of bar associations is being questioned a little bit. Well, we wish you luck on that. <laughs> and I bet part of your reason for wanting to stick to a strategic plan is as executive director, you see where presidents come in, they have their programs and they leave, and then the next president comes, they have their program and then they leave. And so you really see where there needs to be a kind of a course set for the ship and all hands on deck directing it the same way. I'm not going to say that associations are sometimes subject to triple P's, <laughs> presidential pet projects, by any means. However, it's important to have an overriding direction that focuses on the members because really the members are what will drive the organization forward. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Good luck on your year. We look forward to seeing what you do. Thank you very much for your time. It has been a pleasure. As well for me. Thank you. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us today. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcast. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. Good job, Liz. <laughs> if you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.